T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Just happy to go out there and pitch five innings and be able to put together, you know, give our team a chance to win and let the bullpen take over. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'd like to go six or seven, but I'm sure that's coming. And is this a good test for going forward too for you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a check off the list and just on to the next one now. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score with Bruce Savine. I am David Haw here for another hour. And that was the voice of Carlos Rodon. After last night's five-inning outing for the White Sox, his return uh, to the mound after experiencing some shoulder issues, but that was a welcome sight for White Sox fans. And certainly for our next guest, we go out to the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, hotline home of the world's largest sports book, and that is where we find White Sox pitching coach Ethan Katz. Good morning, Ethan. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. Well, that had to be a welcome sight to see Carlos Rodon look as strong as he looked Friday night against the Red Sox in command. The velocity, he reached back and got it when he needed it in the third inning and certainly seven strikeouts, a good sign. How would you evaluate overall what you saw saw from Carlos? Um, overall, it was a really good outing. Um, you know, if you would have told me he's going to go five innings, and one run, so I would have said sign me up. Um, stuff looked good. He looked sharp. Um, he felt good. Felt like he could have kept going, which is a great sign, and it's a it's a big boost for us when he's on the mound. When you have a game going like that, uh, Ethan, and, and again, we both thank you for getting up early. By baseball standards, 10 a.m. after a night game is equivalent to about 6 a.m., so thank you for doing that, first of all. And uh, when you when you look at the efficiency that um, he had in the first three innings, how far how far did that really take him to, to get through five yesterday? Well, I mean, the, he had some, some stressful um, innings in the third trying to get through that, even though there wasn't a lot of traffic. They were tough at-bats or seven, eight-pitch at-bats. It kind of worked him a little bit. Um, but him going, being able to push through that and, and – you know, maintain his strength and get stronger as he went along. You know, I think he had a little roadblock there at the end because of how hard he had to work. But, you know, it's, it's really encouraging to be able to see him take the mound and, and show him what he's done all year. He said he could go six or seven, or that was his plan in his mind. What is the plan moving forward? Is it kind of incremental progress as you get closer to the playoffs? And, and when you get to October, I mean, is, is there any reason to believe why Carlos Rodon, if he is as dominant as he has been at stretches, during the season, couldn't go seven innings in a playoff game. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the playoffs are a little bit different circumstance. Um, obviously, when the guys in the playoffs, we're going to do whatever we can to win that day. And if six or seven innings, then then great. Um, you know, pitch count's not going to be as important as we are paying attention now within reason. Um, but for the most part, you know, that's great. He wanted to go deeper, but we also have to um, make sure we're being smart and calculated with his workloads because when he's pitching every – you know, nine days, 10 days, we want to make sure that we're not spiking him too much. And, you know, what we're going to do here moving forward, I think step number one is kind of see how he feels today after his outing and then kind of reassess and go from there and then plug him in when he feels good and kind of just read as we go along day by day. Ethan Katz, the pitching coach of the White Sox, joining us on uh, inside the clubhouse, David Hall, Bruce Levine every week. Uh, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball, uh, 9-11 to 11 on the score. Ethan, uh, some fascinating conversation with uh, Lucas Giolito, who's always an interesting guy to talk to about his injury and how he very uh, honestly and pointed out that uh, he felt that sloppy mechanics on his part was a, a key to him uh, getting some stress in his hamstring and having to sit out a start or two. Um, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that mechanical uh, issue that that he talked about as far as, uh, you know, how he finishes his pitches and uh, how that might be remedied when he comes back. Um, I, w- I would, I think he's being a little, uh, um, a little bit, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say he himself, was completely yeah. mechanically. Yes, um, you know the way he when he when he lands he locks out, um, and a lot of pitchers do that. Um, but for the most part, you know he's he's trying to when he lands be a little bit softer on his on his lead leg, which is you know that's something that he's ran into a little bit of an issue before with his hamstring in the past couple of years ago. So he's trying to correct that, but it's something where you can't really take away that aggressive finish to a pitch. Um, especially with the league leg, um, but how he goes about it, um, he's right. trying to feel it a little bit differently. So he's not, but you can't really, you know, that's that's the aggressiveness of the delivery. So it's hard to kind of take that away. Um, so I think he's going to be a little bit, little bit harder on himself on, on sloppy mechanics. His mechanics have been fine, um, but it's just something that we're going to monitor and make sure it doesn't aggravate him when he when he does land. You, you explained it very well, lockout, meaning that um, for the layman, uh, when he finishes his delivery, he kind of pushes down on that leg and goes backwards rather than flowing through. Would that be a, an accurate way to, to explain it? And we see um, Dylan Cease have a, a similar finish from time to time. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 that's kind of the aggressiveness. There's a, there's a wave of energy when that front foot lands that shoots through all the way up to the top of the ball release. And so you can't really take away that aggressiveness um, because that's where, um, you know, guys are loading into the ground and that's where they're, they're getting that, that wave of energy. So if you take that away and the leg doesn't, um, it's not a strong landing, then, you know, you're losing power too. So you got to keep that intact. Ethan, tomorrow Lance Lynn returns to the mound as well after a stint on the injured list. So I, I wonder two things as we await that uh, return. 
number one, how hard is it to tell Lance Lynn he's going on the injured list and, and be given his uh, intensity? And number two, what do you expect tomorrow from him? Um, I, I expect, you know, a normal start. We'll keep, we'll keep his pitch count um, a little bit shorter. But for the most part, it's going to be a normal start. He's, you know, I think he understands, um, you know, when we talked about possibly like, you know, let's take care of this knee um, and make sure that you are good to go the rest of the way. He understood. He's, he's a very smart guy. He's, he's uber competitive. So you love that about him, but sometimes you have to be his sense of reasoning and, and uh, get him to understand there's a bigger picture and that uh, we got to be able to take care of him so he can be able to have a strong finish to the year. Ronaldo Lopez is a breath of fresh air that came along for you guys late in the season here when you really needed it. Uh, he's responded to your coaching, the coaching of uh, obviously um, uh, other pitching coaches in the minor leagues, but to, to come back and just be uh, as aggressive as he has been and looking like the pitcher from three years ago is it, kind of remarkable. I wonder some of your thoughts on Ronaldo and, and how he will probably be able to continue to spot start you guys all the way into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean he's been he's been a huge boost for us. He's been, you know, he's filled the void for us in the bullpen and now he's starting and filling that void for us so the other starters who have been going all year can get some rest and especially with some of the injuries we've had. I mean he's been he's been he's been a savior. Um he's you know what the work he's done for us this year and how he's been out there and competing and give us a chance to win and also give us shutdown innings and big moments in games has been been unbelievable. You know, he said his confidence is through the roof right now. He's feeling good about where his stuff is and um, his stuff is really playing up. And, you know, it's, it's exciting for him and exciting for us. Ethan Katz, White Sox pitching coach here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Ethan, Dallas Keuchel is a proud veteran who was very honest about his struggles of late. His ERA has gone up in each of the past two months, and he spoke openly about wanting to compete for a spot on the playoff roster, knowing where this is all headed with a magic number now at 12. Where are you with Dallas Keuchel, and and why has he struggled to the extent that he has? Well, I mean, you know, I think, you know, Dallas is working extremely hard in between outings. Um, he's not happy with how he's been pitching. Um, but, you know, his last outing was a huge step in the right direction, no matter what the line score said. Um, but, you know, it's just something that we're just going to keep plugging away day by day and, and trying to get him um, back to where he was. And he's feeling good with what the work he's putting in. Now we just need the results to match that. And, you know, we'll see where things land. But, you know, it, he's got another outing on Wednesday and, um, look forward to seeing him throw because, you know, like I said, the last outing in Oakland was a, was a big step in the right direction. Uh, he really made just one pitch that we wish we could have back, um, and that's all we could control, you know, and that's being able to try to execute the best pitches as possible um, one pitch at a time. And, you know, he, he showed that last outing, and he's been, he's been working hard, and his work on the side has been great. And, you know, we'll see what we get Wednesday, but I think we're going to have another – uh, nice start and kind of keep pushing him and see where see where things land. Ethan, uh, last night had to be gratifying for you, Tony, and the rest of the coaches from how it uh, worked out. Uh, the game plan uh, from the fifth inning on after Carlos came out and 
uh, other than uh, Tapura, who actually made a lot of good pitches and probably deserved better. Uh, everything worked to perfection. You, as David and I talked about this morning, you basically got four saves uh, from each inning on, from the sixth through the ninth. Um, could, could it be more gratifying than watching uh, that game and playing a great opponent and, and having all those guys pitch as well as they did? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a huge testament to what the front office has been able to do to help, you know, bolster our roster and, and being able to, for them to hand the ball off or starters to be able to hand the ball off in the fifth inning. And, you know, you have great assets down there to be able to close out a game is is great. Um, it's a, it is a really good feeling. Um, we we have confidence all our guys down there, but obviously um, the guys that we threw out last night, we feel we feel – you know, really comfortable in any situation and be able to match up the way we did with some of their lefties and then also match up with some of the righties. I and mean, that's kind of what we're looking at as we move forward. Um, how can we maximize all those guys down there against the matchups? And last night was a great example. And one of those guys, I think that a lot of people, uh, that when he is on the mound, you kind of stop what you're doing. Michael Kopech out there and, and when he's throwing heat and he's matching up against guys, he's just so much fun to watch. You know, he has had a mostly up season. He has had some moments where you, he's he struggled, but I think that's typical of, of a, a lot of young pitchers, Ethan. When you look at Michael Kopech and where he is, because this is a long season, and he may be, you know, it's the longest since he's, he's come back from the surgery. How strong is he going into this postseason, uh, down the stretch and into the postseason run? I mean – He's strong. I mean, he's going. He's going strong. I think that little, you know, hamstring thing that happened um, early in the year, you know, that shut him down for a month and a half. I think it was um, probably was a blessing in disguise because you know, with his workloads in the past, it's probably is going to help him be strong at the end. Um, his stuff has been great, and you know, you know, he's going to continue to get the ball in big moments. Um, that's that's kind of where he's at right now, and we have all the confidence and belief and the stuff's right there to match it in closing with you and uh david and i really appreciate uh, your time today when you look at dylan cease um and you take yourself away if you can from just being uh the coach and being involved in any pitch and just watching the the pitcher and the stuff what 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 would you envision for a Dylan Cease as far as a ceiling uh, for his future? Um, I, you know, I've been, you know, to this point, I've been really happy with what Dylan's been able to accomplish this year. Um, I still see a lot of developmental growth that still needs to happen, um, which is really exciting um, for him. But, I mean, it's been to step back and just kind of watch where everything's at and watch him evolve. It's, it's been really nice to see. Um, he's he's starting to believe in how good he is and how good he will be, and it's it's a big boost for us um, as an organization. Ethan, I'm that's, very that's curious. So, yeah, you know, you, you're at the end of this first season, coming to the close, and it's been such a good one. And you're in your first role, uh, first year in the role of pitching coach, and in, in comes Craig Kimbrell, a Hall of Fame caliber closer. And I just wonder how you approach helping him. You know, managing him, you know, collaborating with him to get the most out of, out of this, the rest of this year, and and 
that's he he knows what he likes. He knows what what, what his routine is. I just from a pitching coach perspective, what's it been like dealing with a guy like that? Um, it's been great. I mean, it's I mean, obviously with guys like Craig, you step back and watch and observe um, and see um, what they do because obviously they've done something right for a reason to get where they are. And then after that, um, you know, if there's some stuff that you see that you're curious about, you kind of dig on the back end. And then when it presents itself, you, um, you know, talk to the player and stuff like that. There was some mechanical stuff that he was a little bit off that we presented to him and showed to him. Um, he responded really well, and he's gone out there, and he's been able to uh, replicate everything we talked about. And, and, you know, but for the most part, you just you let them kind of – you observe. You observe, you understand the why of what they do before you try to uh, just jump right in and try to tell them this is what they need to do and this is what they're going to do and stuff like that. you gotta, um, you got to learn them a little bit first. Thanks, Ethan. I appreciate your time this morning. Good luck this weekend and the rest of the way down the stretch. Terrific year so far. Thank you very Thanks much. much. Thanks for having me. Ethan Katz, White Sox pitching coach, Bruce, and he has done – a nice job of dealing with a lot of uh, a range of experiences, a range of uh, uh, he says injuries, a, a lot of things going on when you're the pitching coach of the White Sox. But, boy, look at uh, that starting rotation and, and what they've done this year in that bullpen as it starts to come around. This is, uh, is going to be a fun, uh, fun month of September and into October. I, I enjoyed a lot of that conversation there, David, and uh, his hesitation to answer about um, – Dylan Cease and uh, a cautious answer that he gave, I thought was very telling because he he didn't want to say that he could have the best stuff in baseball within the next year or two. Uh, and, and a lot of people, the scouts that I talk to that come into the ballpark all the time, just uh, look at uh, Cease and marvel at the, uh, uh, the progress that he has made and where he's at. I think he has seven or eight games with a double-digit strikeout so far this year, which is pretty amazing. And on top of that, David, um, he talked, Ethan talked about uh, Dylan believing in his own game and stuff. And I think that is certainly the key here because the, the stuff is off the chart. He has, in my opinion, on a very talented and, uh, you know, noted top staff in baseball, he has the best stuff. And uh, look, going forward, I think the sky's the limit if between uh, those two ears he continues to develop uh, that great belief in himself. Okay, i got to follow up there, Bruce, because I know that you asked that question for a reason, and it's a Mm -hmm. good one. But I want you to to, to clarify or to make a distinction between when you say that you're not talking about necessarily lack of focus or you're just talking about getting more experience in how to approach hitters or is it a combination of both? Neither. Uh, it's a belief in himself. Okay. okay. Confidence? So, com- command? To repeat what he's doing, to believe that what he's doing out there when things get tough uh, is still good enough. And then uh, you, you've seen, you know, you've seen the walks go down. Uh, you've seen the ability to throw as, um, um, you know, Hendricks always calls it the, the, ball, the, the strike ball, the ball that appears to be a strike, but it's uh, on the other side of uh, the, uh, the, the, the box, the strike zone. Um, he has, uh, he has con- 
continuously this year, in my opinion, uh, gotten to the point where he has a greater belief in his ability to continue to get outs and push it toward sixth, seventh inning and not worry about uh, whether he's going to pitch six or seven, but staying in the moment of being able to get outs when he needs to in those tough situations. So the, the maturity, I think, has been uh, great for uh, Dylan Cease. And I, again, uh, you can argue all those guys have the best stuff and maybe the best stuff in the American League. Uh, I, I think Cease is, uh, you know, the sky is the limit for him. The only ones who come close might be Kopech and Aaron Bummer. But I do think that your point is well taken. Yeah. But I have to, before we break, I, how does a pitcher, though, that good with that much potential and enormous talent, Bruce, lack confidence to the extent that you just described? And I'm not dis, I'm not arguing with you. I think it's an accurate observation. But isn't it interesting that you have somebody – that physically gifted that may be held back just by his lack of confidence this early in his career? I wouldn't, you know, I think we, we decided on the word confidence. I think the better word would be repeatability uh, on his stuff. Okay. Consistency? Yeah, the consistency okay. of repeating. Because okay. I, th- I think if to get to this level and be the pitcher that he is right now, you have to have a great deal of confidence to get there. You have to be good. But when the, t- the moments get a little tougher, and the innings start to mount, and the pitches, the pitch count goes higher. I think there's that uh, tendency for a little bit of self-doubt as to whether he's getting the job done the way he wants to. And I think he's gotten past that point where he just goes out there and throws his game and gets through those innings. And uh, I, I think it's really been fun to watch him. Uh, I won't say mature, but just grow as a pitcher on the mound. And and again. If he's, if you're telling me, 2022, three, 24, that he's uh, vying for the Cy Young Award every year, I will not be surprised. Well, Bruce, you know who is a master at not letting the pressure exceed the pleasure. That would be our hopefully next guest, Joe Madden, the manager of the Angels, and he will join us here on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back inside the clubhouse here, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score broadcasting live from the Hyundai Sports Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers, Bruce Levine, David Haw, till 11 o'clock. Bruce, hoping to connect with Joe Madden soon. 
today the Cubs back out there against the Giants, uh, Zach Davies against uh, Kevin Gosman and the White Sox with Dylan Cease on the mound. We talked a lot about Cease last segment with Ethan Katz, our guest. Um, he also mentioned Lance Lynn tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that one because Lance Lynn, how injured was he, Bruce? What do you know? What do you think? And what should we expect? Well, uh, Lynn, you know, I had a, just a little bit of knee soreness. So uh, his, his opinion was under the circumstances uh, with a big lead and everything that they've you know, put into getting this lead, that uh, there was no reason not to rest uh, that knee and that he would normally be uh, able to uh, pitch uh, through that. There was no reason to do that now. So you'll see a pretty whole Lance Lynn tomorrow night, uh, or Sunday rather, uh, pitch against the uh, Boston Red Sox. All right, Bruce, at this time it's time to go to our guest line, sponsored by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, where we have a special guest. A good friend as well, uh, our good friend Joe Madden, uh, the uh, manager of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, joins us on uh, inside the clubhouse on a beautiful Saturday morning. Joe, welcome back to the Midwest. Uh, how is Houston? I know it wasn't a great uh, outcome yesterday, but... Uh, Getting back to the Midwest, uh, how is that? Hi, Bruce. I'm doing well. Hi, David. Uh, really good. Listen, uh, last night's a tough game, but I'm here to tell you this group that I have right now, I'm really enjoying the season a lot. We've had, uh, like a lot of teams, our share of injuries, but this this group that I have right now comes to play every night. I enjoy my conversations. We're definitely building. We're just uh, missing some pieces, but it's good. It's It's a great group. It's good to be back. It's great to hear your voice, and thanks for asking me on. Absolutely, Joe. A uh, big tribute uh, here in Chicago yesterday to Chris Bryant, his first time back after being traded uh, to the San Francisco Giants. Some of your thoughts about um, Chris as a player, but maybe more as a person, because uh, if you had a success in baseball, I know a lot of it has to do with your relationships with people and, and how you uh, how you respect them and treat them. Yeah, KB... Uh... Gosh, first of all, he's a, he's a wonderful young man. He just, he's got a great heart and a great spirit, great soul about him. He, uh, what a, a wonderful teammate. And I just talked about the group I have now, but KB always came to play every day. Uh, he did not like out of the lineup. Uh, sometimes he might have rolled his ankle, but he would recover very quickly. Uh, just, just an absolute team player. And this is the thing that I think is underappreciated about him. He's a complete player. He, runs the bases well, he throws well, he plays multiple positions. We have this tendency in our game to just equate uh, prowess with offensive performance, but KB's a baseball player. I love that about him. And like I said, he comes to play every day, and he's a wonderful teammate. He supports everybody around him. Beyond that, sneakily, this guy, this person, howdy-wise, this guy, when you put him in front of the camera, I think he does great. I think he has a lot of charisma. Obviously a good-looking guy, but uh, great with a great smile. But KB... Uh, there's so much about him that makes him a wonderful teammate. I know he's going to succeed greatly in, in San Francisco. Joe, it is a pleasure to talk to you again, and I think everybody hears your voice out in our listening audience, and they just feel a sense of familiarity, and, and the Cub fans love love it. And, you know, you talk about Chris Bryant and coming, him returning yesterday. It was an emotional day for a lot of Cub fans. It's been an emotional yeah. season because of the way the core has been dismantled. <clears throat> I just wonder from your perspective – I know you're immersed in the day-to-day -day activities as, as being a manager requires, but what did you think when you saw 
all, all Javi and Riz and, and Chris Bryant traded in the same day and the, the rebuild re- beginning? Yeah, it's it's a sad day in a sense. Uh, listen, we did so well together and uh, all those guys, uh, we, we cohabitated well, got to, got to and won a World Series together, uh, all of that. But, you know, there comes a time sometimes that for all of us that change is a good thing. And, uh, you know, just watch it from a distance and how the season was going and where they ended up being after the winning so many in a row and then having that tough streak. Um, I, you know, I think it's good for everybody, quite frankly. It was good for me, in a sense, to, to get a new opportunity here, although it would have been nice to just, you know, stuck around a couple more years. I can't deny that with the boys and see if we could have pulled it off again. But I think it, uh, you get saturated at, at a certain point, especially in today's uh, climate and how the game uh, is reported upon and all the different uh, maybe outside pressures or whatever, however you want to describe them. I think it was good. I think it was good for everybody. I think it gives the Cubs a chance to, to, uh, to do it again. I know I'm a big fan of Jed. I really enjoy Jed and Jason and all the guys back there. So it gives them an opportunity. I know the fans are going to have to wait a bit, and that's difficult because that is the most glorious place in the world to report to work, and I've, I've always appreciated that. But um, I think it's good. I think Javi will have a rebirth. I've, I've had a chance to visit with Riz already in um, California when we just played them. Uh, really had a wonderful conversation with him. KB just exchanged texts to this point, but I'll get a chance to visit with him too. But I, I, again, I think you know, change at a certain point could benefit everybody, and I think that's what's going to happen here. Joe, you have to give us uh, the, uh, the daily routine of what it's like to be managing we we know you have mike trout who's a super superstar but it's been hurt most of uh, the season but uh showy otani uh how you communicate with him and uh what it's like to manage a player of uh this magnitude uh someone that we've really never seen before in uh maybe since uh, babe ruth back in the uh, early 1900s well, he makes it easy. Uh, he's such a wonderful, humble young man. He just is. Uh, it's, that's who Shohei is. As you see him on the field, that's exactly how he is and uh, communicatively. He speaks better English and understands more than people know. Um, he's, uh, he's really bright. He's very observant. He doesn't miss anything. Um, he's got a high, high baseball IQ. So like last night, game over, uh, he was like really upset at himself for not having a good night. But I texted with Ipe, translator, right before I went to bed. He says, how are we doing for tomorrow? And wrote back that he absolutely wants in the lineup uh, as a DH tomorrow, which normally is a good thing. He normally hits well after the day he pitches. But that's it. I mean, on a daily basis, we uh, talk at the ballpark. And then after the game, I check in to see how he's doing for the next day. And that's the process we initiated in spring training. And uh, we've been consistent with it all year. It's been really easy, quite frankly. Um, he's just a, a different uh, athlete to be able to do what he does. Uh, the last game, 117 pitches, comes out and plays the next day. I think he hit a home run. Under the after he pitches, I don't even know how he does it because you, ha- you have to be sore, you have to be tired, you have to be feeling dehydrated. You got to be all kinds of different things, and he's not. Um, he's just a good guy. Best way to describe him. Really love working with him. And um, it's just, it's going to continue along this path and just get better because I think. Um, as he learns the league and pitchers and his and, and himself, um, you're going to see him be able to replicate this for years to come with good help. Talking with Cubs legend Joe Madden, the also the Angels manager, coming to town this week. 
Joe, you're going to play the White Sox, the first place White Sox, wondering, mm-hmm. number one, how big that challenge is based on what uh, the White Sox have done this year. And number two, what are you looking forward to coming back to Chicago? Well, first of all, you just gave us some good news as you led into it. Uh, Lance Lynn's pitching on Sunday, so it was great to hear that. <laughs> um, you know, that I, I definitely I was wondering whether they're going to slot him in, and of course they're going to pitch him against the Red Sox. I just love coming back there. I mean, I talked about it before I got there. Uh, Chicago was always the, one of the top stops on the tour, and you always love to just get to Michigan Avenue. I love walking up and down there. Uh, my little my little uh, coffee shop there, Cafecito, right on uh, Chestnut. Hopefully I'll get a chance to stop in there. Uh, boys, we're going to go out and uh, play some golf on Monday. It's an off day. Uh, so the group, we have the GGA, the Gaggle Golf Association, uh, we get out and play a lot. It's been a great bonding experience for a lot of us. So play a little golf. Uh, go out to dinner with Alan Nero, my agent, on uh, the Monday night. Also, uh, it's a Chicago man. You, you, how could you not enjoy it? You come into town and you know you're there. And when you get down into the downtown area specifically, um, there's just such a vibrant, wonderful uh, throwback kind of a place uh, that if you cannot enjoy that, brother, you just you just cannot enjoy. Um, so that's it. And my, my guys are going to go out to dinner that night. I set them up. Uh, BJ helped us out getting reservations for the coaching staff because I'm going to be out with Alan. So it's going to be busy, typical, enjoy yourself in Chicago moments. Uh, how could you not? It just it was wonderful. It still is wonderful. I'm looking forward to getting back. And then to play the White Sox. Yeah, they're doing well. Good. Um, I like, like I've said before, look at us. I mean, we're only like three or four games under 500, and that's – and that's in spite of a lot of stuff going on right now. My, my guys, I, I really uh, I appreciate this group that I have right now. And uh, we'll be there and we'll play. I promise you one thing, this group will show up. I can't even tell you the last time I thought anybody took a day off mentally. It's been a fun experience. But uh, to play teams in first place right now, it really tells us where we're at. It's a great uh, marker. Joe, you've always been uh, the type of guy that learns mm-hmm. every day and that uh, – you know, age and experience <clears throat> helps, but uh, that uh, keeping uh, current uh, with uh, handling new situations and people is uh, what's kept you uh, viable. When you look at the modern player, though, now, um, is, is this a, a player now that needs to have days off, that needs to have rest, that needs to be told in advance that uh, we're, we're going to rest you uh, next weekend for one day or two days. How essential is that? And and maybe is that is that the way that it should have been all along, where uh, there's better communication for the human being, uh, the human inside of the baseball player? Well, yeah, you know, Bruce, you know me pretty good now, and it, I've always done that. I mean, this isn't something new for me. Um, even when I was interim manager, I would post the lineup for the next day on the door for the guys walking out of the clubhouse. So they can see who's playing the next day. If I wanted to rest somebody, even as interim manager, I'd give them a heads up in advance of that moment. And, and again, a lot of it has to do with um, the, the the wrong way to do things, which I learned from some managers too. That I would never want to replicate. Um, so again, it's just it is the way it is now, and there's nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, I do believe in rest, and uh, I do believe uh, when you have a rested body and mind, you're going to get a better performance. Uh, Cal's record's never going to be broken, I don't believe. I, I don't think that'll ever happen again. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, it's just a school of what's happening now. 
uh, and you have to make adjustments. You have to make adaptations. And if you choose not to, at some at some point, you're going to deem yourself unemployable. And that's not to say that you don't stick with what you believe in either, because you can't. You can balance both. Uh, it's a conversation constantly. It's always communicative. And that's what I'm going through right now. Premanagian, Chicago guy, my GM, love him. Uh, this is a blunt object, and he tells you straight up, and he tells the players straight up, which I love. And then Alex Tamman, uh, who runs a lot of our advanced stuff, just talked with him last night after the game. It's straight up. So you balance this analytical concept where sometimes uh, front offices are afraid to get into the uh, world of the old school guys, and the old school guys are always tread lightly in the, in the, in the new world. And I think it's wrong on both ends if you don't uh, attempt to find that middle ground and that balance. Because if you choose to be polar and either over-analytical or over-old-school, you're going to get your butt kicked. So understand balance, understand why both sides are good, and understand that, to me, is the best method to move forward at any time, um, and especially in this, in this uh, generation of sports and the young players that we're working with. Joe, before we let you go, have to get your perspective. Mm-hmm. Today, September 11th, obviously the 20 years commemorating the anniversary. And, and, you know, we're talking about how baseball helped in its own way, uh, small but significant way of helping our country heal. So today, as Major League Baseball pauses and will will honor the anniversary and its role in that healing process, what when you reflect back on that day, you were a bench uh, coach with the Angels at the time, what will go through your mind? Well, um, you know, it's, I think it's obviously it's in a general sense we're uh, as a being patriotic and being uh, American. I mean, of course that that resonates and it's home. And my dad and my uncle served in World War II, so all that is present. But on a personal level, my, my one of my best friends from Lafayette, uh, Neil Levin, was the head of the New York Port Authority at that moment. Just had just been uh, assigned weeks or months before that. And he was on the uh, he was in, up in the restaurant on the top floor when this occurred. Um, so even today, as I sent out my lineup to the coaching staff, um, I included um, an article that had been written about Neil uh, from back way back when this all occurred. And I just thought that you know my coaching staff, which is a very empathetic group, I thought they would really appreciate that. And even if it's one story, one life to be told, I think that in some way uh, jogs for all of us. It resonates for all of us all the personal uh, strife and conflict we've had to endure since then. So today, today it's about Neil for me. You know, I know it's about everybody and I get that, but I think on a personal level, you're always going to settle into that moment. So I'm thinking about Neil. Neil was my drinking buddy. He was my confidant Lafayette and probably would have been a future governor of the state of New York. So um, this just really never forget as we always hear about and, and I just talk to my guys about don't miss it. Just slow things down and understand what's going on before your very eyes because we have a tendency to move too quickly, uh, mentally and physically. So just slow it down and don't miss it and understand uh, the greatness that's occurring around us. Last point, this is the national pastime. And we got to start talking in that, that way again. Um, other sports, uh, people are believing that these other sports are uh, more pertinent than ours. I totally disagree with that. But we have to put it out there. We have to both uh, nurture the fans that we've already got as well as attempt to uh, find new ones. Uh, And as we do that, just really galvanize the fact that this is the national pastime. 
Joe, we appreciate it so much you uh, joining us. Looking forward to seeing you, my friend, uh, this week. And uh, I know we're going to have a nice little group together, and uh, it, it's going to be yes. a lot of fun. I know uh, we're all looking forward to it. Thank you, buddy. Listen to all the folks listening back there. I miss you guys. Uh, it was the most wonderful five years of anybody's managerial existence, and looking forward to get back into the city there and uh, walk around, like I said, around Michigan and just feel it again. Thank you, Joe. You're the best, Appreciate Joe. Thank you. You guys do well, David. All right, David. You take care, Bruce. See you soon. Joe Madden, the manager of the Los Angeles Angels. Great to talk to him, Bruce. Great great setting that up. Thank you very much. I think Cubs fans appreciate hearing from him. That was just a, a tremendous uh, night. Good timing. He sounds great, and it was just nice to talk to Joe Madden. It, it's hard to have a bad day with Joe Madden. It really is. Um, he is one of the most positive and uh, interesting uh people that I've ever met and uh, looking forward to uh, a nice lunch uh, early this week. Uh, Mitch and I and a couple of the other guys are going to have lunch with him and uh, really looking forward to it. That's great. Positive and interesting. That's what we want to be in our final segment when we come back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And just uh, reacting to Joe Madden's interview, good to catch up with Joe coming to town this week with the Angels. And I think that uh, Bruce, he's uh, sounds as good as ever. And I think the, just getting the reaction here on the text line and also just hearing from a couple friends, the more you hear from Joe Madden and when you talk to him again, it realizes how much you miss hearing from Joe Madden because he always has something to say. You can you know, relitigate uh, his, his managing skills as a Cub manager, whatever you want to do. But it, when it comes to just communication, this guy is at, the, is at the top of the list when it comes to managers and coaches in this town and how he was able to do that successfully. The manager of the world champion Chicago Cubs, 2016. I don't think you need to say much more than that, right? Um, right. You know, 107 years down the line. Plus, just the individual himself, you know, just a terrific – man and a terrific baseball man so really looking forward to seeing him david in in closing with you we thank uh certainly joe madden we thank uh, ethan katz uh, adam stadzinski for a job well done producing the show as well um in closing with you uh is baseball dying is it out there on a limb i don't think so yesterday in chicago we had thirty thousand people at wrigley field we had thirty-four thousand at guaranteed rate uh, baseball is alive and well in Chicago, and I'm uh, pleased to continue to report on it and talk about it on the radio on the score uh, every day. People can Absolutely, follow me on Twitter Bruce. at uh, yeah, thanks, David. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. I write on our website, both Cubs and Sox daily at 670thescore.com. David, have a great week. Mark Grody is next, then down the line with Cody Decker at noon, then 1245 Cubs pregame here on the score. Zach Zaidman builds a bridge to Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer. Thanks for joining us. I'm David Haw. Talk to you Monday. Molly and Haw here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.